Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Instead of bringing out Monopoly, you bring out cash flow. They start going like, dude, these property deals are insane. You're like, yeah, here, look at this. I got one right here. That's in real life. You want to have a look. And all of a sudden, you got people interested in both. So it's a great way to bridge that gap as well. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest-running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Best ever listeners, welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I am your host, Joe Cornwell, and today I'm joined by Daniel Wood. Daniel is a real estate developer and event promoter. He is based in Sweden and sounds like he's into some European real estate developments we're going to talk about today. Today's episode is brought to you by BAM Capital, a trusted multifamily syndicator that has never missed a preferred payment and never lost an LP's investment. To learn more about investment opportunities with BAM Capital, visit capital.thebamcompanies.com or click the link in the show notes. Daniel, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me back. Yes. I know it's been about two years since you've been on the show. So why don't we start with what you've been focused on the last two years? Yes. Obviously, I was on the show right at the beginning of COVID. And we were talking about the deals we did. Because I live in Sweden, but I invest in the UK. So we talked about the challenges of investing from a distance. Uh, when I started out, I got ripped off for about 400,000 pounds of investor capital was advised to go bankrupt, chose not to. So it was a tough journey when we started out. And we talked about how we turned that around. And then, of course, COVID was hitting. And the way COVID hit the property market was very different in the UK than it was in many other parts of the world because, obviously, everything shut down, right? Everyone was forced to be in their homes, which meant that property purchases stopped. Literally, estate agents weren't allowed to show properties. So the whole market stopped. But when they finally pressed the play button, the government was so afraid of a crash that they added all these different stimuluses. So they took away the purchase tax called stamp duty in the UK. They created new first-time buyer loans. They did lots of first-time buyer support. It was incredible. And of course... Coming out of lockdown, you had all these people breaking up out of relationships <laughs> and people that wanted to move in together. So the market just got red hot. 
And we actually decided to sell in that high. We sold pretty much all of our single elect or single unit properties and focused on our larger develop. Well, I say larger. I know you've had people on the show that do a lot bigger, but we're building a small hotel in Manchester, 14 flats, a commercial restaurant slash pub in the bottom, right downtown in city center of Stockport. And we got a couple more similar deals around the Northwest of the UK. So that really took our focus. Yeah. In the US, we had a very similar market where our government pumped a ton of cash into the market, started trying to avoid a potential economic crash after the lockdowns that we had in the US, which I try to block all the COVID stuff out. But from what I recall, it was not nearly as strict as some of the other countries in the European strategy they had. But either way, when we came out of our lockdown, yeah, it was like someone lit a fire under the economy and it took off. So it's interesting to hear the European side of that as well. So what was your main motivation to transition from, it sounds like you had some smaller single or multifamily, smaller properties, and then get into the new development space? So we'd already transitioned more and more into the larger deals because it's honestly easier to raise finance on, and then the profitability is completely different. But we knew it was going to be short term. We knew everything was going to go up, and then the backside of COVID, what we're seeing now, was going to come out. So we knew, all right, now is a great time to sell. And we've been considering getting out of a lot. We had small property spread all over the UK. And that means you got 10 different letting agents calling about all these small different issues instead of just having one point of contact. So we said, all right, now is the time to just get out of all of those, consolidate up into the Northwest with these larger developments and property partners that we really knew and worked with for a long time. Obviously, most of our audience is based in the U.S. and familiar with the U.S. market. But in the U.S., we often hear a lot of foreign countries, especially European countries, have a lot of heavy regulation on new development. Walk me through some of that. What would you consider the main differences? It's true for most of Europe. Most of Europe is pretty horrible to invest in. Let me give you an example about France. So because all Americans love France. My mom actually lived in France for a while. And what happened was she was renting an apartment and landlord loved having her. She's a Swede. Swedes always pay on time. Very easy tenant. But it turned out that the tenant the landlord had had before her didn't pay rent for three years. Now, in most countries, when someone doesn't pay rent, you kick them out, right? But in France, it's illegal to evict a tenant unless they have someone else to go and they can just say, no, I don't. So this poor landlord was stuck with the tenant not paying for three years. Finally, that tenant got a job in another city and moved willingly, and that landlord could get their property back. So different countries in Europe do have funny laws and rules. The UK, and this is why I invest in the UK, the UK is actually very similar to the US. What really is missing is more the absolute creative strategies that you can have. Planning can be a little more of a process if you're unlucky, but in principle, the idea is very similar to the U.S. But there are some of the tax liens and stuff that we just don't have in the U.K. The good news is you don't get sued as often in the U.K. just because someone slipped in the bathroom, which is nice. <laughs> so back to your example in France, what would a landlord do in that situation? Is there just no options? You just have to kind of wait it out at the behest of the tenant? What would your advice be for someone in that situation? Well... What happens, and in a legal sense, no, you don't really have an option. There's nothing really you can do. 
but a lot of landlords, and obviously I don't invest in the French market for this reason, but what I've learned from knowing people who do is a lot of landlords go down a hired muscle route wow. and use intimidation to scare people out. Sometimes that's classier using a lawyer sending letters of legal threats, even though the more sophisticated tenants will know that teeth without a bite, but some will go down the literal hired muscle and force people out. Interesting. Okay. So let's get back to your developments in the UK. Tell me about how you first venture into that and how that went. We started them just before COVID, a lot of these developments and obviously COVID just totally froze these development projects. Luckily, I'd raised the full capital for the deal and I'd done it as a joint venture. So we basically set up a syndicate. So we weren't bleeding interest during COVID. We obviously had some costs, council taxes and security firms and stuff like that. But overall, we were able to avoid a lot of the holding costs. But none of the investors or we were happy about just sitting there. And then coming out of COVID, everyone was filing for everything at the same time. Everyone wanted their builders in at the same time. So it really delayed the projects. And we're still feeling some of that now as processes are going slower. But what was amazing for us is, especially on this one we had in Stockport, was from right after we bought it, the area right behind it. So this area of Stockport used to be pretty run down. There's a shopping center right across the street. So the idea is this would be a great location. But this is one of your shopping centers that, let's just call it not your classier shopping centers. And what happened was, right after we bought it, the council decided to rejuvenate the area and they actually got the new bus terminal for the entire northwest of the UK became slated to be built. So across the street, one way, you have the shopping center right on the other side, literally five meters walk, or sorry, it's a 20 feet walk, you have the new bus terminal. And on top of that, they're building about 300 luxury flats and a rooftop garden that our property just goes out into, and of course our pub in the bottom. And that led to lots of other developers getting into the area. So this little crappy area in the three years since we bought the property, gone from this rundown area to now being the new luxury area where people are moving into. So the end value of our property, even though we haven't really been able to do anything, we just got the planning permission through, we're about to start the build, it's essentially doubled in value which is awesome. So it sounds like this is a mixed-use property, or at least that's what we call it here in the U.S. So you got retail or you said pub on the bottom and then apartments above. Is that correct? Exactly. Okay. So and how many, unit, how many units is this one? It's 14 units and then the pub restaurant. And it's literally from our door to city center Manchester. It's only 12 minutes door to door because we're right across from the train and bus station. So we're going to be running it essentially like a small hotel, which should help make the pub a feature rather than something that frustrates tenants that people are out late. It's, instead, it's like, oh, great. I have a pub right downstairs. Okay. And now walk me through this, and I'm going to ask you to translate here to U.S. dollars, but walk me through a development like this. What does it cost for land development to actually get ready to break ground? What does it cost to build per unit? And then what are your rents? Walk me through the whole deal on the numbers if you can. Basically, we bought the building. So this building is totally derelict. Ideally, you'd knock down the entire building and start fresh. 
but it's locally listed, which means it's not nationally listed, but it's locally listed. So we're not allowed to ruin the interior. We're literally going to change pretty much every single brick that we can, but we're not allowed to break the shell. So we bought the building for about 400K. And now for those listening, basically what that means, it's going to be a lot more expensive to redevelop this property than just knocking it down and starting again, which is why we could buy it so cheap, even with the good location. Now it had planning, but the planning had lapsed. So we had to go through a new planning process. It turned out that the drawings were only planning level drawings. So they hadn't done the building, like the building regs the proper building drawings, the blueprints, and what the planning drawings they'd had, because there's two parts to this building. So you have a front half and you have a back half. And they were kind of off a little bit in their floor spacing or roof spacing. So you had staircases going between these two halves. So we had our architects even all that out and we had to go through the planning permission and everything again. And I think it ended up costing us about 150,000 pounds which is close to $200,000 to get through the entire planning application, the lawyers, the architects, and everyone else. But finally, we got that stamped off and done because we had to do 3D drawings. We had to get 3D scanning in there. There was this whole process. Now we're bringing in all the tender offers and they're coming in at a right around 2 million pounds. So about $2.5 million. And that's tender meaning for the basically renovation estimates? Yeah, exactly. That's the entire build. So we're bringing in multiple different build companies that get to tender us an offer. And then we pick the one we like, not necessarily the cheapest, the one that will do the best job for the right price. At the same time, we've applied for a grant. So councils in the UK will give out grants to developers who are building whatever it is they want. And our building, because it's in the middle of this new beautifully developed area, it's a true eyesore because it's so ugly right now, the building. So uh, the council has approved to be our bank. They'll be our mortgage lender. They'll lend us all the money we need for the development. And they'll even give us a 450,000 pound grant, about $500,000 grant, which is money they just give us as long as we do what we say we're going to do. Okay. So this is actually the local government when you say council, you're talking about the city council, so to speak, of the neighborhood. They're actually able to give you funds to do this renovation. Yeah, because this is a central part of their development plan for this area. So they really want this eyesore gone. The end value, and this is one of the reasons why they're giving us this, is the current end value of these 14 flats is only about $2.3 million if you use them as to single lets. So we're actually going to end up spending about 2.7 to get an end value of 2.3. Now that's in pounds. So whatever, 3 million to get 2.5. Now that's where that grant comes in because it evens it out. It means we're actually spending 2.5 to get 2.5 and the council is lending. Now the reason we still wanted to do the deal and still love the deal is both the location. Like I said, property values are going through the roof. So by the time we're done, that property value is going to be significantly higher. And in the next good time in the market, it will go up crazily too. So we're fine with it because we're holding it long-term. But the other side as well is because we'll be renting it out as service departments, short-term lets, 
instead of renting them out for about 700 to 900, depending on the size of the flat, pounds per month, so say 800 to $1,100 a month, we will be getting about $200 a night of rent. Mm. And we should have about a 70% occupancy averaged out over the year. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Are you looking to raise money from private investors to buy commercial real estate? Syndicationattorneys.com is here to guide you every step of the way. At syndicationattorneys.com, they do more so you can do more. They create real estate syndication and fund offering documents, but they also educate you on the ins and outs of raising private money, ensure your offerings comply with security laws, and help you structure fair deals with investors so everybody wins. With reasonable lump sum fees and over $2.75 billion in security offerings created, syndicationattorneys.com has the expertise you need. But that's not all. Syndicationattorneys.com also offers weekly attorney-led masterminds, networking, and strategy sessions through their pre-syndication consulting agreements. To learn more, visit syndicationattorneys.com today to get started. And this offer is not available to Florida residents. So summarizing, it sounds like you're going to be all into this for about around 3 million US. Is that correct? So that's land, that's development costs, and then the actual renovation build-out costs. And then once this is fully developed, you're going to basically have a short-term rental strategy. That's what we would call it here in the US, meaning you're not going to have a year lease or six month lease or anything like that. These are going to be short term stays, more like a hotel or I don't know if you have Airbnb in the UK, but you know, or like an Airbnb style. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Okay. Be, you know, Airbnb, home away, all these different sites. All those. Okay. And you are going to utilize those platforms to help fill the vacancies. Oh yeah, absolutely. We will have a local management agents that will have contacts with companies and we'll rent them out as long-term company, short-term rents but we'll absolutely have them listed on booking.com and all these other platforms. What are you expecting as far as cash flow? Because obviously it sounds like you're going the short-term route because it's going to increase revenue. But on a 14-unit deal like this, what could you expect per month in cash flow? This is why we like the deal, in fairness, because we got 14 flats and our rent every month per flat should be about 2,000 pounds. So that's about $2,500. Now, obviously, you'll have costs, you'll have the marketing costs, you'll have the management agent, you'll have the upkeep and everything else, and then you'll have your interest. So we should net about $1,000 net per flat per month, which is about 14000 overall, plus, of course, the pub restaurant, which because I have a friend who runs restaurants in the area, and he obviously loves the area, We'll be joint venturing that one with him. So we'd expect to make maybe another $5,000 a month from the restaurant. Yeah, that's a great strategy. And here in the U.S., at least, I'm seeing a lot more of that. So commercial investors who are doing mixed use or just straight up commercial, instead of just going out and finding a traditional tenant, a lot of them are either owner-operating businesses in some of these mixed-use vacant spaces, or they're partnering, like you said, with other operators where they're still going to own the real estate piece, but then they're going to get profit sharing with the tenant instead of having a traditional landlord-tenant relationship. Is that common in Europe as well? Not really, honestly. Generally, when it comes to a lot of things, people are more entrepreneurial in the U.S. than in Europe. And it wasn't actually our strategy to begin with, but it was just about six months ago now that we're recording 
that I partnered with this friend of mine on another part of his business and we're, we're working together and we were sitting at his restaurant and I was talking about my property and he's like, wait, I know that building. I want that. I got this restaurant. Let's do another one. And when he walked me through the numbers, it's like, why would I rent this? Why would I take a thousand dollars a month of rent when I can co-own this restaurant and we should easily net $5,000 a month with that location? Yeah, that makes complete sense. And like I said, I'm seeing that much more often here in the U.S., at least in my market. I'm based in Cincinnati, Ohio. But yeah, very common in the mixed-use space. In fairness, it's nice for the operator as well, especially as they're starting up the restaurant. He will have no rent until it's profitable, and then it's a profit share. So it takes away a lot of the risk of starting a new restaurant as well. Absolutely. I understand it's a win-win and I think that's why so many people are, are utilizing that strategy because your upfront cost as a new business or expanding multiple locations for a restaurant or bar would be extremely expensive on the build out. So it helps them, as you mentioned, get off the ground and obviously more upside for the landlord down the road as well. So tell me a little bit about your affiliation with the Rich Dad program. Yeah, that's been really cool. Actually, this was something we spoke a little bit about the last time I was on the show, because as I said, I'd been ripped off for 400,000 pounds, half a million dollars. Essentially, I should have gone bankrupt with the company, but it was my friends who were my investors and I didn't want to throw them under the bus. And we were blessed because we run an event company. So we run the Swedish Wealth Institute, which does events for personal development, investing and entrepreneurship. And we brought Kim Kiyosaki to Sweden as a keynote. And the beautiful thing of running an event company is when you bring someone in as a keynote, you then can take them out to dinner and get to know them a little bit. So we took Kim out to dinner a few days while she was here in Sweden, and we explained the situation we were in. And she kind of said, well, do this, do that, and do this, and your portfolio is fixed. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and it took us a couple of years to do it, but we did it. She solved our issue for us. And since then, we were in contact consistently, but it was a few years ago that she and my now ex-wife said, hey, we should work together more. What could we do? And Kim said, you should translate the cash flow game, cash flow 101, which is their board game, which if you've read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, they wrote the book to sell the board game. That's their big passion to teach people how to invest, how to build passive income by doing it, that full immersion and getting into the playing of it. So we said, yeah, of course, we'll translate it to Swedish. It's actually now about to come out in about a month. And they then asked us to start opening cash flow clubs, as they're called, which is where you'll have this local group, maybe in a city. So you could have one in Cincinnati where you'd invite people in to come and play once a week, biweekly or once a month. And they'd come in, you'd welcome them, you'd explain the game and they get to play cash flow 101. And what Kim and Robert loved so much was we found a way to make all these clubs free for anyone to attend, but also for the club leader that it's not just a branding thing, but we could actually help them build this into a passive income business forum that would generate a residual cash flow. So it's a true win-win for everybody. And they loved it. So they asked, please open as many as you can. And so far we're up to opening about 30 that are confirmed all over the world from Dubai to Malaysia, to the UK, to Sweden, even a couple in the US. 
that are opening, which has been really, really cool. So it's a way for someone and anyone who's on this show and like to open your local cash flow club. I'd love to connect with you because you'll be able to help people getting into investing, help them with that mindset. And like I said, we have a way for you to generate a passive income that isn't obtrusive. It doesn't disturb anyone and just provides huge value for everybody involved. When you're opening these clubs in these different cities, how are you connecting with these people? What's your strategy for that? Basically, we have an interview, so they'll apply to become a cash flow club leader. You can find that on our website. So you go to SwedishWealthInstitute.com and you click on open a cash flow club and you have a meeting. We have an interview. We make sure, obviously, that you don't want to open one in the same area as we already have a leader. So we make sure that we're spreading people out. And then once both sides feel like this is a good fit, we'll send them the board games. We'll help them with how to find a good locale to run it in. We will even pay for marketing to get people to show up. We'll also show the club leader how to do your guerrilla marketing, how to get people without having to spend money. So we got both those factors coming in. And then we'll provide them with a pack of, like I said, the games, but also our partners. We work with Robert and Kim. We also work with Hayne and Alessia Minkus, who are the top teachers in the world in artificial intelligence. We work with a lot of other exciting speakers. And all of these partners we have will do events for free. So the club leader will then get a pack of like, here are all the free coming events where they can then offer this to their attendees. So it becomes another value where they're basically saying, come and play cash flow with me, learn investing. And hey, if you want to learn more about actually doing what you've been doing in the game, here are some free events that I can also give you. Now, mm. the beauty of the free events is then they will have some kind of workshop or further education that is, so to speak, pay to play. Right? And from that, the cash flow club leader will get a commission. We work with the top people in the world and we've been able to negotiate a very good commission because we do hundreds of events with these speakers all over the world. And that didn't know, trickles down to the cash flow club leader. So they're basically just standing there giving gifts all night and earning a great commission off of it, which is really fun for everyone. It's definitely an interesting concept. And I have never actually played the cash flow game, but I've heard a lot of great things about it. I've read all the Kiyosaki books early in my investing journey, as most of us have. And they were definitely great for the mindset shift, as you mentioned. You already know it all in the game, but it's one of those things, like for you as an investor, it's to teach your kids, it's amazing. Like I play it with my six, eight and 10 year old. They get cash flow now. They know how to fill out a balance sheet. Most adults don't know how to run their financial statement. My six-year-old knows how to run a financial statement. But then it's a great way as well. If you're looking to raise your capital, instead of going, hey, I want to get you involved in this property thing, just have your friends over for board game night. Instead of bringing out Monopoly, you bring out cash flow. They start going like, dude, these property deals are insane. You're like, yeah, here, look at this. I got one right here. That's in real life. You want to have a look. And all of a sudden you got people interested involved. So it's a great way to bridge that gap as well. Yeah, that's a great strategy. And like I said, I really enjoy you sharing your stuff you're up to in the UK. Like I said, we don't have a ton of European guests on here. So it's, it's really cool to hear the different dynamics and things that you guys are working on across the pond, so to speak. So let's transition to the best ever lightning round. You ready? Yep, I'm ready. All right. Best ever book recommendation. Well, I actually got it right here behind me. It's called The Changing World Order by Ray Dalio. And for someone in investing, it's like a thriller. It's terrifying, but it's also amazingly good. 
So it's talking about how finances in the world is changing. And it's, yeah, definitely something I think every investor should read. Very cool. Best ever way you like to give back. I'm very much into environmental, so I love planting trees. So I'll donate for tree planting all over the world. That's my kick. And aside from the one you already shared, give me a mistake you made in an investment deal and the lesson you learned from it. Separate to the ripped off, let's say raising capital in the wrong way. In the beginning of my investment career, I would raise money and pay a fixed interest, which meant that if anything went wrong, our costs would shoot through the roof. So switching to more of a joint venture model has been worth its weight in gold. Yes, you do give away a little more of the profit, but you can always add a buyout option if you really want to keep the cookie for yourself, but you take away a lot of that risk, which has been awesome. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And where can people connect with you and learn more about your investments? The easiest is go to our website, that's the SwedishWealthInstitute.com. Now, that is a mouthful. So it's SwedishWealthInstitute.com. You can find us on Facebook and on Instagram as well. You can also find me on LinkedIn. I'm uh, Daniel Wood. Sadly, again, that's a very common name in the U.S., so I'll probably come up far down. So I would ask anyone try to figure out the spelling. We got lots of free events coming. So absolutely worth checking out and going to SwedishWealthInstitute.com. We can link to that in the show notes as well, as well as your previous episode. So if anyone wants to hear the juicy details on the $500,000 ripoff, that would be a good one to check out. Yeah, that was painful. We dig through that whole story. Yeah, I'll have to go back and check it out myself. I missed that one. So looking forward to that. Well, Listeners, if you got value from today's show, please leave us a five-star review on the app of your choice. Make sure you're following us on social media. And Daniel, thank you so much for your time today. Hope you all have a best ever day. Thank you for having me back. I really, really appreciate it. And thank you, everyone who listened. Hi, best ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and best ever content? Well, if so... Join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the best ever newsletter. Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access and you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.